favorite weekly sleepover i am your host Taylor, with- and i'm hannah the other host <laughs> we are here oh yeah i guess i should say that and i'm just hannah over and here hannah's just corner. here we're she's, we invited her she's the weird girl in the sleepover <laughs> that's just literally my vibe it's <laughs> my aesthetic don't talk to me yeah, um, i just sit here in the corner and judge you <laughs> <laughs> or, or you just talk about horses or wolves all the time. I mean, it was a moon that it I was had. a move. It was a mogul move for sure. Um, <laughs> I just recently watched the Demi Lovato documentary. Did you end Ooh. up watching that? I feel like she just put one out. I, I kind of want to get to a point with Demi Lovato <laughs> where I can just watch the whole thing. Like I feel. Yeah. Sorry. Demi, give me the whole story. So you want to wait until the whole series is out, or you just want to know? Yeah. I or you just, just want to wait until... I'm just going to binge. It is fucking wild. Couldn't imagine being so young and so talented sure. and so famous sure. and then thrust. I know. I just... Being like a Nickelodeon... Or she was a Disney Channel. Being a Disney Channel star... I mean, she was a little bit after both of our time, I feel like. I think we didn't watch her show or Camp Rock. I think we stopped at High School Musical. What was her story? I never saw High School Musical. She was, I want to say, Sunny with a Chance is what the show was called. Um, No, I knew she was from there. I remember her from, like, Camp Rock. Camp Rock, yeah. And she dated Joe Jonas. There was, like, that whole debacle. Best friends with Selena Gomez. Y'all, they're sleeping on the best original Disney Channel movies. Smart House. Smart House. And Johnny Tsunami. Wish Upon a Star. Uh, Brink. Brink. Yes, Brink God, was get the out best. of here. Shout out so. to Alicia. I know you listen to this podcast. I know you're a big Brink fan. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I loved that. When he fell down, or she fell down and she scraped herself, I was like, I don't know if I can ever get on rollerblades. And then she gets back up and I was like, I can do it. Yes, you can. Uh, But I do recommend get a world into the blessing and a curse, which is Disney. Yeah. It's kind of like a different version of winning the lottery. But good for you. She looks great. She sounds great. She sounds like she's getting, you know, she's in a place where she wants to be. And that's all you can hope for people. You know, definitely. Definitely. So let's move on to our 06 misclicks if you if you are This is interested. my favorite part. <laughs> this I is like my to remember favorite <laughs> This is my <laughs> when I like to remember when I was 16 years old yes. and everything uh. was great. <laughs> um so this one's called K-Fed scrapping for food literally. Oh no. I guess I'll just read this article and we can talk a little well, bit. Well, I was never, I'm not just going to tell you right now, I was never a fan of K-Fed. Never no, no. was, never mm-hmm. started, never didn't want it, thought mm-hmm. it. I was like, you know, if she's happy, you know, you just always want people, like I just said. Yes. If you're happy, this is what you want to do, it's fine. But I'm like, him, you're so beautiful and talented and special and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is what I was going to do. And sorry, I forgot to mention this early, but what 06 misclicks, if you're new to this podcast, I just go back into 
um, the mm -hmm. archives of gossip websites and kind of pull out old articles. We can discuss further on it now that we have further information, kind of a mini version of this entire podcast. <laughs> um, so um, this one's called K-Fed Scrapping for Food, literally. Uh, and I'll read this article. Don't tell us that K-Fed isn't a scrapper. Now that he's about to enter the poorhouse, Kevin will just take about whatever leftovers he can get, solid or liquid, even if he has to sneak them out on his coat. The FedEx and his boys were at a Manhattan burlesque spot for dinner right around the time the news of his divorce became public and kfed already knew his credit cards had been sn snipped and the phone shut off by britney he, ha wow. he has his uh twelve hundred dollar meal comped by the restaurant and then according to us us weekly via page six asked the staff to pack up leftovers so he can munch on them in the clubs later. What's more, according to the witness, he started putting napkins on tops of tequila and vodka bottles and tried sneaking them out under his coat. K-Fed. Oh Classic K-Fed move. What a mess. What a mess. I know. And I think, um, I think I mentioned this in a podcast earlier about after I watched the Britney documentary. I think it was just so weird because I thought when I was younger, I thought that Kevin had more of like a reality on life than Britney did because Britney was so villainized in the news. But like mm -hmm. going back, Kevin was a fucking loser. No, just everything about the way he wore his hat, his short, like the way, uh, just like his whole vibe. I was like, girl. Right. Definitely. Like, you can do so much better than this. He right. seemed like a lurch, like a leech lurch lurch leech <laughs> like he was just going to find something make you know someone who could treat him right and what he wanted and give him the money and he was going to sweet talk until he got there and oh be like, and do you know what's really sad i guess huh? it's not really sad but this is november this was posted november 15th and a month literally a month before this article comes out uh kevin put out an album and was, quote, I will never be a background dancer again. <laughs> After bye. the releases. Let's fucking, fucking bye. <laughs> Ugh. I didn't oh, even know you he put out an album. I didn't even remember that. I it's called not... Playing With Fire. Let's hear a snippet. But the media was hating, so it's a must. I fake them. They try to copycat. Surprise, you can't trace them. He sounds he like, sounds a, like Eminem. Eminem trying to sing. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what I thought. Fucking wild. Anyway, so that's what K-Fed was up to in 06, if you were oh, curious. Jesus. I was thinking I could go first. If yeah. that's okay with you, I know do that it. you went first last time, so I think we could do a little tradey trade-off. Let's get into the news, shall we? I'm ready. I'm ready. My story this week is talking about Robert Downey Jr. and mm -hmm. his kind of fail and then rise back up again. Starting off, Robert Downey Jr. was raised in New York, New York. Okay. His father, Robert Downey Sr., was an un noted underground filmmaker, and he actually gave Robert Downey Jr. his first part at five years old. I believe he played a puppy in a film called Pound. Which sounds adorable, but I feel like it's probably not. <laughs> okay. I do have a quite I don't think you know the answer, and that's totally fair. But, mm -hmm. like, is he, like, a human dressed like a puppy, or... I, I looked at the front cover art, and I believe he's a human dressed like a puppy. Okay, great. It's like a Wilfred. Did you ever watch Wilfred with... Oh, yes, know. yes. Oh, okay. It's similar to that, but I don't even think that they're even, like, have ears or anything. I don't know. I didn't watch it. 
Who knows? It seems very avant-garde. <laughs> Robert Downey Sr. Down- Downey, uh, I'm going to just call him RDJ. I feel like that's his nickname, right? So mm, Yeah. <laughs> so RDJ uh, said that drugs were always present in his household. Um, he did a 1988 interview with the author of the book, The New, New Breed, and uh, claimed his father introduced him to drugs, more specifically marijuana, before he was a teen. Okay. I want to know, like, in what context, like, I'm standing up for the dad, but I'm like, oh, did you see your dad smoking it? Or was he like, hey, I kid. think he, he, he smoked with his son before he was a teenager. No, not. That is kind of what, he put it in that verse, but uh, I going mean, on, it will make I don't know sense. what would be cool. I'm not a parent at all. But, like, I'm just, like, I oh, just God. wanted, like, a slight, like. I'd be so freaked out if mom was, like, here, hit the ganj. At, like, no, and she would never because why? I know. No, not at all. So drugs soon became kind of an emotional connection with him and his father. Yeah. He said that it was kind of, like, his only way to, like, say that that his father really knew how to t- express his love. Which I'm guessing just because right. he loved drugs. It's you know, kind of like having kind of a like beer a... with your old man. Oh, but it's yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like a little bit more than that. It is a little more than having. I mean, you definitely also shouldn't have a beer at 10, y'all. Don't do it. No. 10 no. year old. Teens. Too. If you're 10, oh, yeah. stop Pre-teens. listening. Get out. <laughs> um, um, but uh, wow. Like, I could see. Because I. Okay. Here's just like a weird thing. You know, from New York, it sounds like it's pretty hard. He seems like this artist's dad. He's probably like, fuck yeah. This is how I'm going to bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in the same interview with the author of The New Breed, he said that there was a lot of pot and coke around. And when I, my dad and I would do drugs together, it was like him trying to express his love for me in the only way he knew, he knew how. And then it became more of a habit. He found himself mm-hmm. searching throughout the night for more drugs as a teenager. He could find himself on his phone just calling anyone to see if he can get any drugs. So it, it was really kind of a, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people who specifically struggle, who struggle with food, mm-hmm. um, love food because it comes from a place of comfort. Yeah. And I think that maybe drugs already being addicting can also be comforting if they were like done as an act of love oh, yeah. in like, the family. If this is really the only expression of like oh. to get like, I, and especially if like you, if your love language or whatever is gift giving or acts of service or quality time, any of those fall into this. A hundred percent. Yeah, it could. Yeah. And I bet that even makes it even harder to break as a habit. Oh, yeah. Cause not only are you like addicted to like the aspect of being addicted to drugs, you're also addicted to being like, Oh, this is, this, this is, is love. how, this is how I feel love. Yeah. Um, so he continues to pursue acting. And as he became more and more famous, um, he, his drugs habit kind of took a str- uh, stronger hold. He is in Tough Turf. Girls just want to have fun. Weird Science was a big one. And then right after Weird Science, he, be- he had the same year of Weird Science, he becomes a cast in Saturday Night Live. Wait, and he was, he's on Saturday Night Live? He is a cast member for Saturday Night Live from 1985 to 1986. <sighs> so he's only there for a year. And I did not know that. I think in the 80s, Saturday Night Live was such a big deal. I mean, it still is a pretty big deal, but I feel like everyone tuned into Saturday Night Live back in the 80s. Because who was who else was on the 80s cast? Like, Norm MacDonald, Dana Carvey. 
Okay. John Lovitz, John Cusack, Randy Quaid. Oh my god, John Cusack. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, I think this might actually be the time when Lorne stepped away. Okay, this is his first season back. Lorne. Oh, okay. Season 11 is his first season back. Okay. He took a hiatus during season 6 to season 10. Season 11 is when Robert Downey Jr. is in. Okay. Okay. Wow. Great. Wow. Um, I love SNL. So much is happening. <laughs> um, he had a manager named Lori Rodkin, mm-hmm. and she really cared for him a lot. And yeah. she, through the 80s, really begged him, or early 80s, really begged him to go to rehab. She's like, I see that you were, you're withering away. Um, this is a direct quote, but she's like, I can see that you're withering away, that, like, I can't see you control, like, ruin your life like this. Please go get help. And she, she nagged him so much that he ended up going to rehab. Oh, good. I mean, her, the 80s, like, I'm thinking this culture that he's in right now, the New York scene, 80s, like, this is drug central. Like, it's not hard. It's not right. hard for him to find what he wants. He finally went, um, and then when he got out... He fired her for for nagging him to go. Wow. Well, okay. I wanted your opinion on this, and not. I mean, obviously, <laughs> neither of us are any experts on rehab. But do you think it's because he went and had a bad time, or like, what did you think? That's what my first instinct is like. Oh, it didn't work for him. He had bad. Yeah, I was wondering if like rehab. Um, was just, like, genuinely just not a pleasant experience. Right. Obviously. Um, so I think, how dare she make me go through this? Right, because And then fired her. Yeah, and I've heard people on both sides where it was genuinely a great experience, met Mm -hmm. good people, saw the benefits, leaned in, did all of it. And then there's Mm -hmm. people who also leaned in, but, like, the counselor sucked. Or, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't, you know... Or it just didn't do, the, or didn't match any of it, and that really sucks. Because like mm-hmm. you could tell that's she probably was looking out for him and what Definitely. was best for him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so throughout the eighties, he tried new drug combinations. Obviously, I think that he possibly was one of the people that did literally every drug under the moon. But he kind of settled on his favorites, and his favorites were heroin, cocaine, and <gasps> marijuana. No. I know. No. So around this time, and if you look at his IMDb, which mm-hmm. I'm going to scroll through. Real I was quick, just scrolling through, yes. As you can see, he was very active in making movies throughout the 80s. Oh, yeah. There, and, can you and, see? Yeah, and it seems like there are some good ones. Like Yeah, like so Back to School America, The Pickup Artist, Lesson Zero, Johnny Be Good. So mm-hmm. all through the 80s, he's literally averaging like a two movies two to three movies a year which is great for the 80s like i think people have unrealistic expectations of movies today because they really do pump them out so he was um constantly making movies and when he wasn't making movies he was really in rehab and it was like a back and forth cycle that you really saw um according to a judge that handled his his case about breaking one of his paroles they noticed that he was manipulating doctors and psychiatrists to kind of get the drug fixation that he wanted to and at one point he uh had seven court ordered drug rehabilitation courses and all of them he failed to finish and um and i think a lot of these kind of arrests are a lot of parole val violations i think it's a lot of him not showing up to court a lot of him not um either being caught with drugs but i think he was most famously arrested in 1996 uh he was 
speeding down the Pacific Coast Highway highway at a 100 miles per hour. And I believe that is kind of like a windy road, right? That is the one that's on the coast. Yes. It's, it's dangerous. It's beautiful, but yes, it's very dangerous. A lot of people lose yes. their lives. But because it is, because it's just cutting along the coast yes. to not disturb mm-hmm. it. When he was pulled over, they found cocaine, they found heroin, and a pistol in his truck with ammunition in the dashboard. Um, so there was enough drugs in there to charge multiple felony drug possessions. So this, I want to say that this is, uh, this happens in 1996. The next day, while waiting for his trial, um, Robert Downey Jr. walks into his neighbor's house in Malibu. And he said the front door was wide open. So he walks in and he just passes out on an empty bed. It turns out it was his neighbor's 11-year-old son's bed. Oh, no. Yeah. So they got home, and they were like, why the fuck is Robert Downey Jr. in my son's bed? (laughs) Oh, no. no. And this is the day after he gets charged with the speeding down the highway. This is, he's waiting trial. He gets fucked up and this happens. So this is, um, I had to double check this. I'm sorry. It was so much later. Sarah Jessica Parker and him dated between 1984 and 1981. Oh, okay. okay. And okay. so, and she broke up with him because of his drug use. And the fact that this is five years later. Yes. And he's uh-huh. still on this downward spiral is like. Yes. No, that's, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Wow. That went way further south than I think she was expecting. He was expecting. Yeah, definitely. He was eventually revived by paramedics, and then he ended up spending the night in the hospital's prisoner ward. The family did not end up pressing charges. I mean, I don't know. What would you do if you found Robert Downey Jr. in your house? I don't know. I feel like I'd be like, what the fuck? I mean, it's a good story to tell. Yeah, shit happened. I think I would just be like, okay. And it was his neighbor. It seemed like they knew each other. Like, he knew. It was his neighbor. I'd be like, if my neighbor just did that, and I'd be like, oh, I would definitely be like, are you okay? (laughs) But no, not charges. And then the day after this happens, Mm -hmm. his judge just orders him to a drug rehab program. No jail time for him. To be a star. And then two days later, he is dressed in hospital pants and a flowery Hawaiian shirt and he escapes from the rehab center. He wiggles his way out of the window and then he ends up hitchhiking to his friend's house and obviously they're just like, where is RDJ? (laughs) Iron Man is not in the building. Obviously he's not Iron Man yet, but they're like, where is this this man? (laughs) Um, The police find him. I want to know if there's a statement. I couldn't find it of someone who hit, who gave Robert Downey Jr. a ride to okay. that day, dressed like yeah, in, in hospital, hospital gear. Pants. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like if I saw that in a flowery shirt, I'd be like, I don't. What the fuck? But Why I'm is... also a single woman. Like no, I'm not. Yeah. you know what I mean. But like if I was a yeah. just a single woman in my car, I would uh-huh. be like, what the so maybe it's some dude who recognized him. I mean, maybe he's a big '80s star. I mean, he's a star at this point. Yeah. Um. So he's found. And then he's held in county jail for nine days. Mm. Um, another judge takes on this case and orders another rehab program for this instance. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. pleads no contest and gets sentenced to six months in a rehab and then three years 
for probation and mm-hmm. periodic drug testing. Okay. Yeah. So send him to like is, a ranch in the middle of fucking nowhere, y'all. Like right. you've learned your lesson. <laughs> right. But what is hilarious oh, no. is he was temporarily released from rehab to host Saturday Night Live. Great. Yes. Wow. In nineteen ninety six. Like, I it, think, like, Lauren, do, what kind of strings do you think Lauren pulled to get Robert Downey Jr. out I mean, of rehab? He had to. I The ratings. Like, yes. he is a media, like, genius. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I and, um, and so, I mean, you should watch, I mean, anyone listening to this should watch, should watch his opening monologue. Because I, w- I was thinking about clipping it, but it wouldn't make sense without watching it. But it's basically him showing his vacation photos from the summer. And it's just a bunch of pictures of him getting arrested. And then he's like, I also took like a, a spa day away from home in this beautiful resort. It's like him sleeping in a child's bed. And it's just like, he's I very much poking himself, poking it. fun at himself during this whole time i love some self-deprecation oh yeah especially on snl i think that's the best place mm-hmm. for it i think that's why pete davidson is my fave <laughs> he just immediately is like this is who i am fuck off so he exits rehab he does a interview with a diane sawyer which i've realized if anyone has ever had a scandal in their life it's immediately to diane sawyer oh yeah according to this article with vanity fair he does an interview with diane sawyer on prime live diane sawyer asks are you a good liar Robert Downey Jr. says, yeah, you have to be, Sawyer. Great liar? Downey. Yeah, Sawyer. What is the lie everyone should watch out for that you'll be telling if you're using again? Downey says, I'm fine. (laughs) It sounds like a Tumblr post, if I've ever seen one myself. Um, So... So this becomes the same behavior from 1997 to 1998. It's in and out of rehab. He stopped taking his routine drug tests. And then for that reason, he ends up going to state prison. In state prison, he is not on his best behavior. He is constantly, like, fighting with his inmates. He even gets in trouble for, like, a big fight. Um, He ends up having to be furloughed from a film he's working on because he has to go back into jail and the cycle just keeps happening for four years but eventually um so this is to 1998 eventually Mm -hmm. he kind of cleans up his act so he gets sober in 2003 Mm and um i was like trying to find a driving factor and he actually has a really good interview with oprah in in november of 2004 oprah always (laughs) oprah And uh, Robert Downey Jr. told Oprah Winfrey, um, when someone says, I really wonder if maybe I should go to rehab. Well, uh, you're a wreck. You just lost your job and your wife left you. I have his wiki up really quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, so he married a woman after 42 days in 1992 and then divorced in 2004. Okay, so who was that? Her name is Deborah Falconer. Mm. Um, he, the, the strain on a marriage from Downey's repeated trips to rehab and jail finally reached a breaking point in 2001. His last arrest was in April of 2001 when he, he would likely be facing another stint in prison or another form of incarceration such as court-ordered rehab. I said, you know what? I don't think I can continue doing this. And I reached out for help and I ran with it. Um, yeah, so that was all from an interview with Oprah. I think it's a really great, great tell-all interview. You can watch it on YouTube. It really goes to show, and you and me are both um, big fans of Loveline, mm-hmm. and I know liking Dr. Drew right now is very controversial, but I know that he's always said that like you can't receive help for addiction unless 
you get to a point where you where you, you want have to it. know yeah you have to want it right and i think that goes for anything really that you're trying oh, to yeah. do but um from that point he stays clean we know he becomes iron man he has a full-blown comeback. Yeah, it does has a amazing. Wife, yes. Does really great. And he really becomes America's sweetheart. I yeah. feel like there's so many people that genuinely love Robert Downey Jr. And and just seeing kind of this progression of everyone, like, hating him. Yeah. Or, like, him being kind of the butt of the joke to someone that people, like, really look up to is, is such a crazy... You never really see that in Hollywood. Well, yeah, and it's a good comeback story. And, you know... Yeah. It's a good reminder that everybody is flawed, you know, yes. and there are hardships no matter what, you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's great to see someone, it's not great to see someone fall, but you know, it's really great to see them pick themselves back up. And oh, 100%. He's obviously talented. He's been talented forever. He's comedically genius. His timing mm-hmm. is amazing. No matter who you were yesterday, like you can always be what you want to be tomorrow you know yes that i couldn't have said it better myself so cheesy (laughs) (laughs) so that's really my story um i think i can toss it over to you now i'm really excited about your story it's really short and sweet i'm so sorry because i couldn't find as many but i am (laughs) i'm a lover of ghosts I don't yeah. know if you are, but I do. I think we also get that from our mom as much as we oh, yeah. love celebrity She's gossip. She's the biggest Ghost Hunters fan, not Ghost Adventures. No, we do not care for him at all. But no, I, um, shout out to Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube. I watch that <laughs> weekly like a diehard freak. I love ghost footage. Um, I'm a freak like that. Um, so I wanted to see if anybody had seen celebrities, you know, that we've had a lot of people pass before their time. And I just wanted to know if like that energy and that person stayed behind. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple stories of some pretty good ones. Editing Haley, spooky audience now. Hey guys. This is uh, editing Haley from the future. I just want to hop in really fast. Hannah's about to start her story, um, and it is about celebrity ghosts. Uh, And during this recording, for some reason, when she started talking about ghosts, my microphone started rattling. We didn't hear it when we were recording. Now, when I'm editing this podcast, it is now showing up. So um, someone get Zach Baggins on the line uh, because I am haunted or my microphone sucks, but it is probably the latter. (laughs) So I'm so sorry. Um, This won't happen in future episodes. It's just um, low-key haunted here. So apologies. Okay, back to the podcast. I knock on wood every night. I do not want to get haunted. Jake keeps saying that Mm -hmm. our apartment's haunted, and I'm like, fuck you, don't bring that energy in here. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to see if people have seen, because LA seems like it would be wrought with star ghosts, you know? And so, um, I'll start from the beginning. Uh, so some of the entertainment industry's biggest stars in the top of the call sheets have outlived their mortal lives, according to some. Um, some celebs seem to be thrilled with their ongoing fame. Clifton Webb is said to have willed himself to become a ghost in his beloved home on Rexford Drive. I'm, he was quoted saying, I'm not leaving this house even in death. Uh, and he told his friend that shortly before his death in 1966. 
And it seemed to have worked uh, because in the 60s, Gotham columnist Joyce Haber and producer Douglas Kramer um, of The Brady Bunch, The Odd Couple, and Love Boat moved into Webb's former home. And over the years, the Hollywood power couple experienced many unsettling occurrences. Uh, While sitting by the pool, they would see a dark shadow, quote, in the size and shape of Clifton. In the master bedroom. So the bedroom is like up over the pool. They're hanging out on their lounge chairs. And then they see a shadow walk by. <laughs> in their bedroom. <laughs> and they're like. Oh. Um, a disembodied voice would sigh Webb's catchphrase. Well well. Um, and Webb's mother Mabel. Seems to have haunted the house too. And her shadow is often seen in certain rooms. Whoa. Um, other deceased entertainment industry titans. Also can't quit working. Wow. So cheesy. The Man of a Thousand Faces, Lon Chaney, uh, has long said to haunt stage 28 at Universal Studios, even though it was demolished in 2014. Um, he was filmed as the Phantom of the Opera, and he has been seen running the catwalks in his phantom cape uh, as he, other productions are happening. Um, Karen Carpenter had been spotted in the recording studios of what is now Jim Henson Company lot. And Oscar-winning costume designer Edith Head has been sewing away in her workshop at Paramount Studios. So they, like, hear her sewing in the background. Mm, yeah, That is, like, hard to be a sound. That sounds like something else. Yes. Like, you, like a sewing machine is a very distinct noise right and i'm gonna make it a little personal real quick because of how theatery this is did you know that south eugene high school was haunted yes have you experienced it no because i now i didn't either but (laughs) i remember it being there and i remember theater kids being like don't (laughs) don't shut the lights off on us because we would do like catering events in the theater and they'd be like you know get out before seven (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) Um, okay. So we're going to get into some big guns. Those are just some like fun little anecdotes. So Marilyn Monroe is one of the big ones. Um, she met her untimely death at 32 years old, um, tragically uh, of an overdose in her Brentwood home on August 5th, 1962. Uh, Monroe's spirit has been hounded as much in death as she has been in life. Um, because of, you know, how fam- famous she was. But I think people are really projecting her on this one. Um, she is number one, Michael says, of the number of sightings. She's the holy grail of ghosts, if you will. And I can kind of see people projecting this image because she's so light. Like, her hair was light. Her famous clothing is light. Um, but people say that they have spotted Mon- Monroe's ghost everywhere. In the home where she died, sitting wistfully on a bench at the Hippodrome of Santa Monica Pier, and in Suite 246 at the Roosevelt Hotel, where she's also been seen dancing. She likes to get down. Yeah, she's just like, I love Hollywood. Hollywood loved me. I'm not leaving it. Fuck you. What's up there for me? I want her down there, wherever the fuck you go. I'm going to stay here and live my dream and not have anyone talk about me yeah and just like everyone is always poking at her she's like no i just get to do whatever the fuck i want um quote she's been seen in almost every ladies room in town and that's where i'm like okay i hope you do 
I hope she is. You know, do it. Well, also, like, you only have 50% of the population to <laughs> confirm it, you know? True. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh. Um, from the Knickerbocker, which is a hotel, uh, to the El Capitan, she has been seen. Um, at Monroe's Marble Crypt in West Hollywood Village Memorial Park, visitors who often kiss the spot where she is buried with bright red lipstick have seen a heavy pink-covered mist that they believe to be her spirit. She wore red lipstick, but, like, y'all, Marilyn was so much more than that. You can immortalize her in a billian other ways. Dye your hair blonde. Let's do it. Dye your hair blonde at a gravesite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just peroxide party! Um... Uh, she is known to be the best example of deceased celebrities whose fans have a profound protective connection. Um, a lot goes back to Marilyn and Marilyn, you know, so I think a lot of people hold on to her and really try to get a piece of her because of how whimsical she was. And I mean, she wasn't in the industry too long. She was very young and, uh, so I think that also keeps the legend alive. So yeah. that's the first one. Okay, now we have Rudolph Valentino, who I did not know much about until I started reading this. But Rudolph Valentino uh, was an Italian actor who was based in the United States. And he starred in several well-known silent films, including The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the Sheik, Blood and Sand, and The Son of the Sheik. Uh, he was one of the most early sex symbols. He was a huge sex symbol of the 1920s. He was known in Hollywood as the Latin lover. Um, this was given to him by Hollywood moguls. Like, they, they just shopped him out like, this is your... European man. The great lover or simply Valentino is what he was known. Well, imagine you being immortalized with the nickname the great lover. Right. And he died at the age of 31. Um, this caused a mass hysteria, the pop popular culture. And um, he's been forever known as a film icon. You know, he's like the first, you know. <laughs> So, um, in an estimated 100,000 people lay in the streets of Manhattan during Damn. his funeral. His spirit allegedly haunts his mansion called the Falcon Lair in Beverly Hills, um, which is also possibly haunted by its later resident and tragic heiress, Doris Duke. So, you could be getting a two-for-one in that mansion. Socialite Millicent Rogers even claimed that she was chased out of Falcon Lair one evening by Valentino's ghosts. Damn. Yeah. But for character actor Harry Carey, what seemed like a continual haunting would turn out to have purely earthly origins. Um, according to Carey, soon after he and his young family rented Falcon Lair in 1930, they were tortured by blinking lights and loud noises <gasps> they believed oh. were Valentino's unsettled spirit. However... <gasps> Carrie soon discovered that a caretaker obsessed with paranormal Valentino legends had rigged some lights oh. up and we're really just trying to scream. No rats. Yes. <laughs> and then just kind of kicked it out. Um, as soon as one haunting was dispelled, which is the one, another one popped up. 
Valentina's spirit has been spotted at Knickerbocker Hotel, which was uh, where Marilyn has also been seen. Um, his beach house. Wow, the Knickerbocker is the place yeah, to go. Yeah, seriously. Ghost Fuck parties. Hotel Cecil, y'all. Get into yes. the Knickerbocker. Get off of Hotel Cecil. <laughs> Get into the Knickerbocker. Um, his beach house in Hollywood Beach, uh, the 1920s downtown hotspot Hotel Ex- Alexandria, uh, the bathrooms at Musso, another bathroom theme, which I thought was funny. It reminds me of, like, Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter. It's like, this is just where they right. live. Maybe it's plumbing. Interesting. Um, yeah, they love the they love the pipes. So the Sheik, the character he played in the movie, has also been seen at Paramount Studios haunting the studio lot, which I thought was interesting. It's just so funny. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, you you know, here's how I feel about it. They're in one spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people are like, we're seeing them everywhere he's ever touched. I'm sorry, not to ruin it, y'all. If you want to... You can believe whatever you go want. Go to the Knickerbocker. These, it's going to be yeah. great. Go to the Knickerbocker, bring your ghost box, and have a night of it. Okay, the third one. Elvis Presley. So, he has been seen. The ghost of Elvis Presley uh, is particularly well-traveled across the country. Um, not only does ex-wife Priscilla Presley claim to speak to him on a regular basis... Which is great. Good for you. He is sighted <laughs> all over Graceland. Which is what I would think. I yeah. would, if, I, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. I'd be like, yep, there you are. There That's he is. That's where you are. That's where you should be. Just stay here. Um, peering out of the window. Hanging out in the kitchen. And a, uh, exciting actress Paz de la Huerta in the basement recording studio. Uh, she is quoted saying, I felt his spirit go through me, she recalled, and give me pleasure. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Slow your roll, lady. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but like both Monroe and Valentino, uh, Presley has also been felt in room 1016 in the Knickerbocker Hotel. Oh! <laughs> I'm booking a ticket. I'm getting in there. I'm like, let's we go. Need a, we should get a room. Wouldn't that be great? 1016, let's go. 1016, Knickerbocker Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Hotel. We, do, uh, we do like our... Like a like a fiftieth episode or a hundredth episode yeah. in the Knickerbocker. Isn't that That'd great? Wild. Even though we're not like a ghost podcast, we're just like we want to see some. I ghosts, freaked out. Y'all. I found I found Marilyn and Elvis before, and then I was like, "Wow, Knickerbocker!" And then I hit Knickerbocker, and it's crazy. But Valentino seemed like the best one yeah. to bring up. Um, but absolutely crazy. He is also seen at Wayne Newton concert. At Las Vegas, at the Las Vegas um, Hilton. Mm. Um, it, but this is perhaps wishful thinking by Newton, yeah. who claims to have seen the spirit. You know, of course, you want him there. Um, he has been spotted at the old RCA record studios in Memphis and cruising the Vegas Strip in a phantom convertible, no doubt listening to Heartbreak Hotel. And those are some of the celebrity ghost sightings. Wow, those were good ones. Okay, I'm glad you like that. I yeah, I feel like I've been going super serious, and I wanted. I mean, it's hard to fun. find old like controversies that aren't serious, but no, I, I think that was a lot of fun. One, I think your idea. I think you did. You say that you wanted to do some that like the celebrities have yes. ghost stories. I think that would be fun yes. too. And that's what I originally went for, and then it immediately was like, oh, these are ghosts of celebrities, and I was like, oh, 
Okay. Fun. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that that concludes this sweet, sweet episode. Do you have anything? Any closing thoughts? Any wise words for the for the teens, non-teens? Go to the Knickerbocker Hotel and tell me what it's like. One, please go to the Knickerbocker. Or I tell need to us. know. I need a POV. Yeah. yeah. If you've had a weird, if you've seen a celebrity ghost. Please write in oh to God. yesterday's news pod at gmail.com. We will tell your story. I'll just make on a whole new podcast. podcast. <laughs> Ghost we podcast. would make a whole new podcast all about your stories if we got that many. Probably won't. But two <laughs> yes, you got two prompts. <laughs> two prompts. You got you saw Celebrity Ghost? Email us. You uh what was the other one? You go to the Knickerbocker? Tell us, tell about, us it. about it. Yesterday's news pod at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm using Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, the secret to uh, <laughs> make sure we get smashed. <laughs> yes. Them. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that concludes it. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. We, uh, you can listen to next week's episode right now on our Patreon. It mm-hmm. is up mm-hmm. live. Uh, so you can just go to Patreon.com/slash yesterday's yesterday's news pod and you can find all of our tiers there a lot of fun stuff obviously no pressure if you'd like to support us without giving us money we totally understand please follow us on yesterday's (laughs) news pod on instagram or yesterday's underscore pod on twitter i refuse to get a facebook page so it's only those two (laughs) socials you can also find us on tiktok yesterday's news pod but you've probably come from there all right so thank you so much squad fam and we will see you in the next one bye goodbye 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 Our theme song is T-Shirt Silly Bus by Captive Portal off their EP, Something About That. Interested in working with us? Email us at yesterdaysnewspod at gmail.com for opportunities. Thanks.